COVID. 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 That's all we have heard for the last year and a half, and it's what we continue to hear every single day. The pandemic has reshaped the world and irreversibly changed the lives of each of us. This year, classes are back in person. Things are finally transitioning back to what we used to deem as normal, or to some sort of new normal. The pandemic is not over yet, and we're all still trying to understand what this all means. However, for all that we have heard and read about these changes, we still need to rethink our narrative and reflect more deeply about our days and nights, losses and gains, tears and smiles during these times. These reflections take time and require careful sifting through our memories, thoughts, and emotions, alongside study of data and expert analysis. We think, and we hope you will too. That analyzing the stories we are telling about the pandemic is important. Understanding the ways in which different leaders and experts are trying to persuade us to think and behave differently about or because of the pandemic will help to prepare us to face the unpredictable future ahead of us. So, welcome to the Voices Through the Mask podcast, a production by students at Emory University and David Morgan's New Media Writing Class. We may need to speak through our mask to create this podcast, but we think we've got useful things to say about where we've been and where we are headed. Hi, I'm Adriana English. I'm Yelpatina, and I'm Sakath Kalipara. And welcome to the Infectious Fashion Edition of the Voices Through the Mask podcast. The COVID-19 pandemic and quarantine confined us to our homes, and it's conventional wisdom to think that many people stopped paying attention to fashion and their aesthetics in that time. But in reality, many people seized the free time during quarantine to focus on fashion trends unique to the pandemic. Therefore, social isolation seems to have created an environment where people could experiment and reinvent their wardrobe through new fashion trends. All right, so let's just dive right in. So I think to get a better idea of this topic of fashion, we should probably、um, dive into. What fashion looked like at the beginning of the pandemic. So as we all know, we were thrown into、um, quarantine for the first time. Quarantine was a new thing for everybody, and、um, it was a new concept to be staying home and then not going outside. And the idea that you don't need to go to work and you don't need to go to school and you don't need to honestly go anywhere was a new concept. One of the benefits. I guess you could say that came with that was the idea that you didn't need to impress anyone, or you didn't need to dress up to go anywhere outside, and that's often what contributes to the conventional wisdom of fashion during the COVID-19 pandemic. You don't need to focus on your aesthetics or fashion as much. So during the pandemic, what we would see, especially amongst college students, would be that people just stopped caring about their physical appearance from a clothes perspective, at least,、um, since a lot of The、um, interactions that they would have with other people were on Zoom. They would just wear pajamas at home, or they would just not 
really focus on fashion. But despite all this happening, a lot of people saw this as a way to embrace this new phase of fashion, which I noticed particularly manifested through TikTok. So throughout quarantine, a lot of people had time to scroll through TikTok and see what's going on, see what's new and trending with the teens. And through this, you would see a lot of different trends coming up, especially with fashion. You know, a lot of people dressing a new certain way that you might not have seen before, and other people wanting to participate in that as well and make their own TikTok. Yeah, um, and kind of building off of that, like TikTok really takes advantage of, I mean, there's certain algorithms that play on the minds of consumers and they record consumer preferences use that to push specific content towards them and in that sense they're playing on the minds of, of people of the audience and uh, that's just that's how it happens I mean we see so many different some forms of social media doing that and you know once it turns into an addiction you keep watching it and you get influenced and your fashion choice choices are influenced by that as well so it spreads you know herd mentality all of that yeah and I think that um I guess just to name some TikTok trends uh, would be one would just be Y2K or like the idea of wearing uh, I guess like emulating 2000s clothes so like I guess like this is a trend that really does make sense because I mean people are staying home people are wearing pajamas or they're like resorting to baggier clothes and that's something that you really see in the 2000s people wearing baggier clothes wow you're really going hard clothes. on the baggy clothes no, I don't. you don't actually I might I mean, when people get an opportunity to experiment when they're staying home, this was a TikTok trend that really, I guess, popped off with um, people wearing baggier clothes. And it, do it makes sense. And I think it's something that continues on to today even. I mean, not that the pandemic is over, but post-quarantine. Did you guys wear baggier clothes? Because I, I wouldn't say a word super baggy clothes but i definitely like resorted to sweatshirts and like crew necks a lot more i yeah i feel like i did because i mean it's more comfortable if it's a fashion trend and that's pretty cool too i don't i don't think i i don't think i wore baggier clothes i and it's also just because i don't use a lot of tiktok <laughs> yeah also maybe we're just not cool enough to be like with at the front lines of fashion oh, yeah. you know the front lines of the but like I don't know, I feel like skinny jeans have definitely not been a thing recently. Oh, yeah. People like resort to like baggier pants. Definitely don't wear skinny jeans. Yeah, I, I, see I, so. I yeah. Uh, yeah, I like I don't know, even just looking around campus, I don't see like as many people wearing exist. skinny jeans. One specific trend I remember is on TikTok is the whole e-boy thing. So basically Wait, hold up, what does an e-boy like mean again? What is an e-boy? Like e, what does the e stand for? E like emotional. You would think it is, uh, but I think it's like, you know how there's like uh, e-book or like uh, e-turnet? <laughs> but yeah, basically the whole e-boy aesthetic was like kind of like this very emotional, very aesthetic looking individual. Actually, it might be called electronic boy. The e-boys got <laughs> the dark gothic clothes. They look emotional. This aesthetic, this type of fashion, I saw very consistently 
throughout social media. Like, they got a lot of attention. A lot of people wanted to dress like them also. So much so that it, it really, this appearance really did become like a trend. The, the latest version of looking emo. I don't know if this was a TikTok trend, but um, one major piece of clothing that really popped off during the pandemic was the mask. I yeah. mean, mask fashion was definitely something that we haven't seen before the pandemic. I guess like for me personally, one super big example that comes to mind when mask fashion, when you talk about mask fashion, at least at like Indian weddings, there would be a lot of people taking advantage of masks because like generally masks are supposed to like obstruct your outfit at least at the beginning of the pandemic but i feel like people really incorporated masks into their fashion as the pandemic progressed at least in the context of like indian weddings people really like embroidered and designed those masks to the point where like it just looks like it's part of a very expensive like dress or outfit and i don't know it just goes to show that people really adapted to the situations yeah i think it's really about like making the most of it like because masks are a requirement right but we turn it into a type of fashion uh i actually it's, just, it's funny because my my brother for halloween he actually took advantage of the mask and dressed up as a, as a character from a marvel movie but um, it's just it's just nice to see that we've been able to find some positivity in such a such a tough time. Yeah, I honestly feel like masks look kind of cool, not just because of how they looked, but also because they kind of provided a way to hide certain insecurities or just eliminate the need to be more conscious about how you look under the mask. It might make people feel more free and secure in themselves to explore like, new fashion choices. Another major fashion trend that allowed people to really experiment with their style, I guess, like, you know, manipulate their wardrobe. They didn't have the pressure of other people looking. And it was particularly promoted by TikTok as well, is the idea of fast fashion. If you're not familiar with fast fashion, it's basically the concept of buying not high quality clothes, relatively cheap quality clothing that is very much in style, offered by a number of stores like Zara or ASOS or H&M and basically they recycle these new trends like every couple of months and new trends come and go but we have brought in a guest today unlike usual and he is our resident expert in fast fashion um, Sebastian Gutierrez a uh, student at Emory University and we're gonna ask him a couple questions about fast fashion Oh yes, thank you for bringing me in. Thank you for joining us today, Sebastian. So we'd like to know a little bit about your background with fast fashion. Yeah, so um, when I was in high school, I worked at H&M. Uh, that was my first real experience with fast fashion. Growing up, I bought a lot of their clothes. I really found that it was very cheap, affordable. I grew up in a low-income household, so it was something that I could get for myself, and I felt really happy like for getting these like, new articles of clothing. The thing about places like H&M is that it's always like trendy clothing. Um, whether it's like new bomber jackets or a new like hat trend or a new type of sneaker, they always have the latest like, installment of it. They have like a version of this trend and for very cheap prices too. $20, $10, $5 versus like the 80 that they would go for in like any, like um, you would say like a more high quality brand. So 
working there made me realize that a lot of the clothes that's being sold is mass produced but in a way that's not it's very efficient but not quality yeah so over time buying these garments uh, i would notice articles of clothing like for example jeans after a few washes they would fade shirts after wearing them for three or four months they would start breaking or they would have like um strings of cotton just getting loose problems like that and you wouldn't see this in a lot of um, more reputable brands like ones you would find at malls or more specifically like outlets like this isn't the type of quality that they had mm-hmm. and why do you think the people resorted to fast fashion during the pandemic more than ever i feel like it was something new for people to experience like since they couldn't go out of stores they try to find what was new online and of course when you go online you try to price match everything Right? It's so common, it's hard to do when you're in stores, but when it's online and you have all the research in front of you, you can price match. Now, a lot of uh, fast fashion brands, they tend to be extremely cheap. And we're talking about brands like Shein, which outsources its, um, its uh, garments from China, um, H&M, like Forever 21, like I was said before. Um, and during the pandemic, a lot of these like teenagers or young people, they go online, they look at these prices and they would say, wow, a lot of them like don't work. A lot of them have like like minimum wage jobs and they see like $2 socks, $10 jeans, and they buy these huge, like they're able to buy them huge amounts. So over the pandemic, you would see on social media, like TikTok, uh, videos of people buying these like $200, $300 hauls of like 30, 40 pieces of clothing. And they would keep buying and buying because it was something new. It was something trendy that they could wear. They could change up their fashion, the pandemic. It was very simple to do. Yeah, and uh, actually kind of building off of that, um, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned and you talked about like novelty seeking and like trying to match current trends and just staying updated in general. And I think that fast fashion stems from all of those ideas. And all of those ideas stem from literally like, uh, neurobiological wiring and reward systems in our brain you know you look at uh, there's a neurotransmitter or like basically a chemical substance that's running around in our brain called uh, dopamine and when we experience a reward it's released in our brain right and but what happens is like we always want more of that we always want we we crave dopamine release so we're always on to the next trend basically and that's fast fashion is literally hijacking our dopamine system um so that's kind of why it, I, I think that that's that's really what what's behind how you know how it works yeah it's interesting you say that because growing up that's what i constantly felt that's what brought me back to like h&m forever 21 that's what made me want to work there i, I love the clothes there um and like every time i walked in it was like the shelves completely changed, like new, like new trends, entire seasons worth of clothes coming in every week. It was like crazy to me, but I loved it and I kept going back to it. Yeah, and, and so regardless of the price, like you'll, you'll get those clothes because yeah. it's just new. And it's also kind of goes back to the idea of like instant versus delayed gratification. Right? It's like right in front of you. Right. Why wouldn't you pick it up? So I, I guess we're, we get, we're saying the so-called relapse for fast fashion, especially what happened during the pandemic because people had 
increased time and just had more time to just focus on experimenting with their styles. Um, I think this moving forward, this also goes a little bit, I know you were also have experience with a lot of thrifting um, and that's also something that really blew up during the pandemic because people, um, I guess we'll talk about it more, but um, I guess what was your experience with thrifting during the pandemic, Sebastian? Yeah. Well, with thrifting, um, so after this whole, like my whole fast fashion phase, I feel like thrifting was what got big, especially late in the late teens, going into the pandemic it just exploded. Um, a lot of these social media pages like TikTok, along with the fast fashion trends, a lot of people were like, there was a sort of a counter, like counterculture, like a movement of some sort against fast fashion. And that was the thrifting of used uh, or uh, ant like antique clothing and promotion on social media brought a lot of business to local places or consignment shops and you would see an influx of teens um i remember early on in the pandemic i went to my local goodwill uh, goodwill gets a very bad rep uh, most of the time people see like thrifting as old used disposable <laughs> garbage but in that time with um thrifting exploding you know popularity you would see all these young people young people in their, their trendy clothing coming in shopping carts full of clothes, stuff you wouldn't see before the pandemic. And before it was like low income people. Now it was just like the local teenagers from the suburbs, people from like greater sources of wealth coming in and buying all this clothing. But yeah, I mean, it's also cause like a lot of individuals lost their jobs during the pandemic. So that maybe they turned to thrifting because of that. That's a, that's a good reason too. Um, I definitely feel like that's a, a contributing factor to it. All right, thank you so much for joining us, Sebastian. Oh, absolutely. All right, so moving on, I'd just like to play devil's advocate here. I'd like to talk about how COVID and the quarantine and everything allowed an opportunity for people to kind of, you know, just give up on fashion. So I remember starting school on Zoom was a very interesting experience as far as the routine to get ready for class because normally you would get dressed, and you know, like have all your things with you, walk to class, but now you can simply just roll out of bed, open your computer, maybe you have to turn on your camera and just start going to class. So at least for me, getting ready was not really the thing I had to really worry about anymore. So as far as fashion goes, there was no fashion. So yeah, essentially every day was pajama day for me because I wasn't particularly paying attention to fashion, just going to class and enjoying the fact that dressing up wasn't didn't feel too necessary to me. I, I think that's definitely relatable um, for a lot of people, but I guess also just to play devil's advocate for a second, um, I think people also kind of gave up on, at least some people gave up on fashion to some degree. Um, and I think that that can be attributed a lot to just people embracing um, who they are and just like, you know, um, just going against pop culture to some degree. Um, as we talked about fast fashion, thrifting, all these TikTok trends, that is pop culture. And I think people that were influenced by pop culture were very much into fashion. But um, there was also a subsection of people that didn't really care for pop culture. And they just embraced being themselves during the pandemic. 
and um, that's why they just didn't care about fashion as much as they otherwise would have in person. But at the same time, I would definitely say that a lot of people were still trying to look presentable over Zoom. I don't know about you guys, I know I like tried to shave and maintain some, uh, just look presentable, wear some nice clothes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I just, I think it, it just came down to like respecting the classroom environment, respecting the professor and all of that. Yeah, there's always that joke where people are like dressed up from waist above and then they're like in yeah. underwear um waist below i don't know if you guys ever did that <laughs> but, well we don't have to talk about it here oh. <laughs> but yeah that's i guess like people did care i mean i don't know when it comes to zoom there's just a different level of how people present themselves fashion wise so i guess people focused a lot more on their tops and hair i guess like, <laughs> well we don't have to talk about type here. fashion <laughs> whatever's in this <laughs> and if you want to talk just a little bit about hair uh, i think that the fact that like stylists and barbers were kind of out of work for a bit or you just couldn't go because there was lockdown that just gave people a chance to experiment and, 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 you know you just get a pair of scissors you start cutting your own hair you have someone else cut your hair you become more willing to experiment i think because you're in control yeah <laughs> that was definitely definitely something that's going on a lot. Did you experiment with your hair during pandemic? I did actually. Oh really? I did a lot. It can be a big risk if you're trying to like completely change your hair. Like having to like go out the next day, like go back to school or like go back to work the next day. It's like, oh, you gotta mm -hmm. make sure your hair is like, you know, it's like maybe it looks like presentable, but being at home, you have that opportunity to really explore, mm -hmm. to like try new things. And if it doesn't work out, it's okay because I mean, Who's gonna, who's gonna know? Just you, so. Mm -hmm. Well, fast fashion, thrifting, pajamas, that's a lot to take in. But the message here is that the pandemic and social isolation provided a time where people could experiment and reinvent their wardrobe through some interesting fashion trends. I would now like to take this opportunity to thank Adriana English, our line producer, for doing such a great job on this podcast. Our assistant producer, Saket Kolipara, for contributing. And... <laughs> <laughs> contributing. Our assistant producer, Saket Kolipara. Our guest, Sebastian Gutierrez. And I'm Neil Bettina, our producer. Thanks for tuning in and see you next time. I'm Neil Lucky.